entrepreneurship has become glamorized. We go into business ownership assuming that it's going to be great from the get-go and like it's supposed to be better, but no one takes this path because it's easier. Everyone takes this path because it has a bigger reward at the end, right, of freedom, maybe time, freedom, wealth, whatever your goals are. But I think we need to remember that this is a path less traveled because it's hard. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pay It Forward podcast. I am one of your hosts, Austin Seewerts, along with my co-host, Keegan Walls. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Stephanie Ross. Um, Stephanie is a local business educator. She's a podcast host. She's a real estate agent, all around awesome and inspiring entrepreneur. So really excited to have her here today to hear her story. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. super excited. Um, I love sitting down, having conversations with other inspiring entrepreneurs, yeah. which you are yourself. So I appreciate you having me here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So why don't you give us an idea of what you're up to now, Stephanie? You have your hands in a lot of different things. Kind of yes. share what those are. Yeah. What I'm up to now, um, I my day to day is totally different than it was even a couple months ago. I've really pivoted into a lot of things that I'm passionate about. So one of those being a business called Small Business Sister Circle. That's the business strategist part. So I help female small business owners build a sustainable, profitable, scalable business. Whether they're a brand new business owner or they've been in it a long time, I love helping people grow a business that they love and that allows them to enjoy their life along the way. So I spend a lot of time doing that and I love it. I also in, am in real estate, so I'm on the Sherry Grass team, and I get to work alongside my sister and Sherry and our awesome team in our office. And that has just been a totally unique challenge for me to go back to being a beginner in a totally different industry that I never thought I would end up in, but it's been really fun. And that to me is kind of just a challenge for myself. So I'm someone that is always wanting to learn and grow. So. I also have a podcast called The Soul Driven with Steph Podcast, which is basically a passion project that I've turned into being something that I incorporate into my businesses as well. Awesome. And we were talking before about like, we just love business, right? It doesn't matter the business, whether it. it's real estate or a podcast or whatever. And um, from spending some time on your website, we have a very similar story of how we got into entrepreneurship. So maybe maybe tell that story. You started a business while you were in college, right? Yeah, I was 20 years old uh, going to the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse when I started my first business. But to back up a little bit, I started at TC and I was doing my first year there. I was going to transfer to UWL and become a high school history teacher. That's a big thread line in my life as I always wanted to be a teacher. And so I really missed high school sports. I was a team captain on the softball team. I loved working out with a group of people. So I started teaching group fitness. Uh, turbo kick was is what it was called. It was cardio kickboxing at the rec center just for fun to fill some of my time. And then when I transferred to UWL, I had the opportunity to open my my own studio, essentially. I was teaching in Holman, which is where I'm from, and just doing it a couple nights a week for fun. And a MMA gym called Ironworks Training Center reached out to me and said, hey, I we've heard great things about your classes. We have this empty studio space. What do you think about coming here and offering them? 
And I mean, I don't know what 20 year old doesn't want their own business. <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing. And um, so I took the leap. And at the time, I really was getting into yoga, too. So that was the Zen and the POW with the yoga and kickboxing. Um, so that started in June of 2013. I was in college. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. I mean, I definitely felt like I wasn't your typical college student yeah. by any means. But I always felt like I was a little bit... Um, just someone who doesn't go with the flow of everything. I always kind of stood out and went against the grain. So even though I felt like maybe, yeah, I was a little bit of an outcast with my other college peers, I was just following something I was passionate about. Was there like a defining moment when, so you had planned to be a history teacher and then entrepreneur, was there a moment that you thought, yeah, that's just not for me. I'm not going to go down that road. Yes, actually, it's funny because I was then going to be a senior in college and I still hadn't stepped foot in a classroom. And I was just getting a little discouraged in my what I was studying because my passion had become my business at the time. And I was starting to question whether I really wanted to be a teacher in that like traditional setting. Like, is that really going to allow me to have, you know, the creativity and the unlimited potential that entrepreneurship offered? So there was a moment when I sat down with my advisor and she was like, you know, there's other people that have placements ahead of you, but you are ready. So if you want to, I will vouch for you and we will get you in a classroom next fall. And I had to pause and think about it. And I was like, can I think about this? <laughs> That's all I needed was that little bit of pause and to question like, mm, you know what? I don't think this is my path anymore. So that's what I came back with and decided. And I said, well, I don't want to give up school altogether. I was close to finishing. I was paying for it myself. I don't want to quit because that would be a waste. So what can I do to graduate. And so I got a Bachelor of Science, which is like the most basic major <laughs> ever, but it sounded good, right? And then um, picked up a nutrition minor. And by the time I graduated in 2015, I was just so relieved to be done because I wanted to focus on my business full time for like four years. And I finally got to. Yeah, that's great. And that's, I mean, total opposite spectrums of like a steady nine to five teaching job to entrepreneurship. Totally. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was working um, at a restaurant every other chance that I had. So I was running the business, going to school full time, taking as many classes I, as I could. And then I was managing, bartending and serving at a restaurant, too. So I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I did it in college. You know, when you think about all the things you did yeah. in college, you're just like running on coffee and dreams and adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So so Zanin Powell, did you start that before? Because obviously I knew you from yeah. Zen Powell because I was back when I worked at Misty's. Yeah. So did you start it before that storefront? Yeah. So I had been in business, I believe, six years until I moved into that space. Yep. So my first four years were at Ironworks Training Center. Um, and then within graduating, I had outgrown my space like within, I don't know, less than a year. I was going at it full time. I picked up personal training clients. My classes were growing and exploding, and then I feel like really got the nudge that I was ready to like leap out and have my own space and, you know, take out my first business loan and just really get serious about it. So that was 2017 when I left Ironworks, and um, I had a space in between Holman and on Alaska. And that was the first time that I took out a business loan and really like invested in my dream and 
We did a whole build out. Um, I thought I was going to be there forever. And it actually turned out to be just a step along the path. So I was there actually less than two years. Hmm. So why did you decide? <laughs> is that what you're going to add? Like, why did that end? Yeah. So that was another very crazy experience. So it's funny because when you when I think about small business ownership and a lot of the people I coach, they're in a lot of their beginning years, right? Which I thought the beginning years were like the heart going to be the hardest. And then it was like, you know, free sailing after that. And I would actually say the last five years of that business were way harder than the first four or five. So I ended up leaving that second space because I started getting just crazy red flags from my landlord. Um, not to go into too many specifics, but I mean, things from like, you know, heat not being on to toilets not being fixed to just very interesting interactions. And I am someone who really follows my gut. And I had this huge gut intuition, like red flags that this was like a situation I needed to get out of. So I started looking for other spaces and Misty's Dance Unlimited had just opened. So within the year, that's when I went and looked at that space. And I knew from the day I stepped into that space that it was going to be mine and I could visualize it like I'm very visionary. But the numbers did not add up. (laughs) So I had just done a build out, which cost me money. Right. And then um, to take on this new space was essentially increasing my monthly expenses like triple and the upfront cost of doing the whole build out. So the space was completely unfinished. I had to do the drywall, the plumbing, the flooring, the HVAC, literally everything. And I had less than two months to do that until I was studio-less um, essentially. So it didn't make sense on, on paper. I had a lot of people telling me not to do it because it was a huge financial risk. And at the time I was 25 years old. So I didn't even like own a house at the time. I didn't have any assets. So, you know, the bank's like, well, what are you gonna sign behind this? And I'm very fortunate that I come from a family of entrepreneurs and my parents were willing to sign behind my business loan. Mm. They didn't, didn't hand out money to me, but they were like, well, if you think you can do this, then we will support you. Yeah. So um, that was really the only way that I was even able to get the funding to be able to take that big leap. Mm. So I did. And um, within the year of getting there, 2019, I mean, imagine going from you know, a certain amount of expenses to tripling or quadrupling that like that was a lot of work. And I knew it was going to be a lot of work up front, but I didn't know what was coming on the back end of that year. Right. So 2019, I hustled super hard. We were just about to reach our goal that we had set. We were just coming out of the red and then COVID hit. And then that just took us on a whole nother journey, right? So it was really like those last five years of just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Yeah, that's unpredictable. And that's, I mean, a lot of people went through a lot of stuff, but being a in-person brick and mortar business, I imagine that was crazy hard. Yeah, but the thing that I saw why it was worth the risk was because I knew having the space, I was gonna gain a mentor And that was like all I wanted at the time. I just wanted someone to like give me 
some direction on where I could take this business and be successful. Because up until that point, I didn't really have that. I had my parents and my sister and they were supportive, but they their businesses were so different. Um, so when I knew moving into Misty's space that I could hopefully learn from her and that I did. I mean, she poured into me immensely and I was really brought into her community of more than just great dancing and studio owners and had friends in um, similar situations. That was everything. I mean, that's really what got me through that first year. And then on through COVID was having other people that were having similar experiences that we could come together. So then what what all did you learn like through that? Obviously, COVID and the turbulence. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, what were some lessons and some things you faced during that challenging time, during the turbulence that has shaped how you're doing business now and has I'm, I'm assuming has grown you to be able to help the people that you're leading now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the main things that I pulled out of that season was that, you know, to go through it yourself. And then I didn't want it to all be in vain. I wanted it to be beneficial to people on the backside. Someday when I get out of this situation, I hope it helps someone else. But I think the main thing is just really like being gritty and being resilient and you know, I always say start small, dream big. But I mean, I really started with nothing. And being able to go back to that mindset of not having anything, I think actually motivated me. You know, I knew what it was like to not have money in my bank account and have to figure it out. Um, And I know pain, you know, being motivated by pain isn't always good, but sometimes it is. And sometimes that's what you need to be able to push through challenges. So I think it was maybe a little more challenging than I wanted it to be or that I felt I had signed up for, but it really proved me to figure it out for myself. So like marketing, I got so good at social media and email and building my own websites that I didn't have the money or the budget to pay for any of those things. So the amount of skills that I acquired by having to figure it out I now see play out in everything that I do in my businesses now. So real estate, sister circle, even podcasting, um, the skills that I pulled out by just figuring it out. You know, we went through COVID and we live streamed everything. So we became this hybrid studio. I mean, I learned Zoom. I learned camera equipment. I learned sound equipment that I use now for my podcast. I learned how to be on camera and like bring a presence that I can do now in my social media. So I think just knowing that all those skills are transferable. And on the backside, I learned that I was just in the wrong industry at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And that make it happen mentality is one of our core values. And that's <laughs> yes, something I, I have that. lived by. Like just take massive action in what yeah. you're doing and figure it out along the way. Like you're not going to have this perfect plan and then start and execute on it. And because I right. promise you, you might have a perfect plan, but it's going to change and you have to figure things out. And um, yeah, so we're very aligned and just figuring things out and making it happen. Like you said, yeah. those skills are so transferable to whatever you're doing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think the leadership was one of the biggest things I learned through all of that was how to lead people. You know, I... I, it was mostly me the first four or five years of my business, and I knew that if I was going to go into this space, well, one, we had two studio rooms, so I can't be in two places at once, right? I'm going to have to hire people. I'm going to have to train people, and bringing people along for the journey and being able to trust them was hard. And I mean, there were situations that I went through that I wouldn't wish upon other people, you know, losing 
losing people on your team is never fun. And COVID was really a challenge for businesses because you couldn't get it right. Right. People were going to judge you no matter what decision you made. And I know that I'm sure I lost clients. And, you know, it was a hard time to lead because you were always being judged by whatever you did, um, either clients or team. Right. So I think that was another lesson that I pulled out of it was just, you know, be the best that you can show up with. To me, integrity is really important and treating people how I want to be treated and leading with that sense of um, I don't know everything, but we're going to figure it out, like you said, um, and being willing to go first. Put yourself out there, go first, lead the way, show the way for your team, um, and build up your support system around you because, man, it is lonely alone, and it's really hard when you're trying to do everything on your own. Yeah. Were you able to get through COVID then with Zed and Powell? Like, were you guys still operational? I just can't remember. Yeah. So 2020 was actually not a bad year. <laughs> Um, people were still engaged, right? They weren't necessarily going out and about. Um, they were engaged on the the online live stream. The people coming in person were so excited to be back in person. So it was actually a really good year for us. We we didn't lose in 2020. Um, I also got married in 2020. I bought a house in 2020. I got a dog. It was a great year for me. <laughs> um, but then it was really the after effect of 2020. By 2021 and 2022 was when I just feel like everyone was just exhausted, tapped out. We know mental health, um, mental, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say illness, but like people are just not well um, physically and mentally. So I think those were really the hardest years because even my team, I, I feel like was fatigued from the Zoom you know, they didn't sign up to be teaching live stream. That was just something we had to do to keep the business going. And I felt like I just was people pleasing so much that I had really lost the vision of what I had for my business. Like it had strayed so far from what I originally intended it to be that by the end of 2022, I was mentally, emotionally, physically tapped out and my bank account was too. I mean, I had drained every source of um, income that I had. And I didn't have a savings when I went into this business. You know, that's the difference, too, is I was 20 when I started it. I didn't make a fortune doing it. I was just continuing to pour money back into the business, scaling it, growing it. Um, You know, my husband, like I always laugh because um, you see kind of the stereotype of a yoga studio owner, like that's maybe a side gig where they have a rich husband and nothing against that. But I never, I didn't have that. Um, so like I really felt like I was um, tapped out completely financially as well. And just in a really bad place of, you know, not feeling like I was fulfilled from my business anymore and that my idea of success from the beginning was unreachable. And I wasn't even sure if that's what I wanted anymore. Hmm. Would you have done it differently had you gone back and like, um, we talked, the guy who was on before talked about kind of bootstrapping the business and starting and keeping overhead low when you take out a loan mm-hmm. to do something and you have a physical brick and mortar and need to do a build out that requires dollars and risk. Yeah. Right. So, um, looking back, would you have done it any differently? I am someone who never wants to regret yeah. and I wouldn't take anything back because it made me who I am. Yeah. Um, 1000%. Um, but that's where like the coaching business owners piece comes in because 
I I want them to know some of these things on the front end. But also, if I would have known this was my journey, I would have never started. Yeah, It would be too horrible on the front end, right, to even imagine. I mean, I went through a lawsuit with my, my uh, landlord at my second space, mm. then hit COVID, then, you know, basically rock bottom. Um, and I wouldn't take any of it back because I truly believe that those are the best learning experiences I've ever had is, you know, quote unquote, call them failures, call them learning lessons, whatever you want. But I've learned the most from my failures. And I think that's made me who I am. Yeah. So then how would you instruct or teach somebody else in a similar situation? Like, what would you tell somebody about when, how do you know when it's the right time to move on? Yeah. Mm, That's such a good question. I think when I really stepped back. So in the end of 2022 is when I realized that this was no longer like a viable business, or at least not for me to do full time. I was going to have to do something else. That's where real estate came in. Um, My sister, who is like my best friend and mentor, just threw it out there. Someday we were on the phone. She's like, well, do you ever think you'd get into real estate? And I'm like, no. Like, I think I laughed at her. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, I see myself as like a creative and I don't know. I just didn't think that was like the industry for me. So I, after further conversations with her and Sherry was very encouraging and my whole family was encouraging, I thought, you know, why not? I'll give it a go. It'll be a good challenge for me. And what's the worst case? I do it for a year and then I don't like it. Then I move on to something else. But I thought I was going to do that and run my studio full time. Well, I had a full team of 10. I mean, my studio was running like, you know, an established business. And there was just no way I was going to be able to do both. But I also didn't want to give up on real estate or take everything that I made in that business to pour into a business that was not working anymore. So um, I sat down and I did the numbers like my mentor taught me to do. Um, who was also my landlord at the time. And I remember reaching out to her to have a meeting and just showed her all the numbers. You know, this is exactly what you taught me to do. This doesn't make sense anymore. And I think I need to downsize or, you know, pivot or something. And she completely agreed and supported me 100% and just said, I have never seen anyone work harder than you to try to make something work. Um, and that's when I realized, like, I, I just think sometimes things aren't supposed to work out because you're meant for something else. So I think it took a lot of just like introspection and journaling and like deconstructing my business. So I really took it from this epitome of my dream studio down to pop ups. Um, so we just did random pop-ups at I actually went back to my original studio, Ironworks, which was a really nice like I needed that homecoming moment after a year of just like struggle and um, did pop-ups at my friend's place, Greenhouse. And I did that for a whole year and it still just wasn't fulfilling me. I think I just had really moved on from teaching fitness and yoga to wanting to teach business. Like I think that's really where my passion was at. Um, so I think my passion had wandered Um, And that's okay. Like, I learned, like, we're never going to always be interested in the same things if we're evolving and growing. 
So I think just knowing that not only did it not make sense on paper when you did the numbers, but it also wasn't something I was really excited about anymore. Mm. Were there were there some fears that you had in that time of like what other people may think that you're oh. a failure or that this business was like this was you, this was your identity yeah. for 10 years and now it's gone? Like walk us through what you were feeling. Gosh, yeah. It was a very vulnerable time. Like I could probably cry thinking about it because like I I felt like a failure. Um, and of course that's what I think other people think of too. Right. And so I think for me to continue to show up through that season, like, I don't know who that was. (laughs) That was probably the grit and the resiliency coming out, but that was like, my biggest fear was, okay, if I step back away from this, then I am a failure, right? It's that like, um, putting your identity matched with what you're doing right which I had done for very a very long time I was a fitness and yoga studio owner I was successful in what I had done for a very long time and so I think it really required me to pull apart from that identifying with what my job or my business is so I think your first business becomes your identity because it's your baby and you're nurturing it and you grow it like a child Um, so I wouldn't say there's, I don't know if there's anything you can do about that. I mean, I try to tell my business owners to, you know, have that separation from your business because it's not who you are and you will likely go on to do other things in your life. But I think when you're first starting and when you're so young, I literally thought I was going to do that one business for the rest of my life and that that would somehow satisfy me. And it didn't. And that's a good thing. Um, But there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of imposter syndrome of like, I mean, I almost didn't even launch Sister Circle membership because I felt like maybe I shouldn't be giving advice to business owners because in my eyes, I had failed at that first business. Um, So who am I to try to, you know, help other people succeed? So there was a lot of fear around that, um, a lot of, yeah, imposter syndrome and not really feeling confident. And then you throw real estate and then I'm this brand new real estate agent, you know, and you know how challenging that is, too, to just basically pretend you're confident in something that you're not. (laughs) Fake fake it till you make it when you first start. Man, it is a real thing. Fake it till you make it 1000 percent. And I think. That unwavering confidence came from other people at the time because I, I mean, I would say I'm always been a confident person just in the way my parents raised me. But at that point, I did not feel confident in what I was doing in my businesses. I was probably at my lowest of low as far as confidence and self-esteem coming out of that season. Um, So I had to really rely on other people to kind of see that in me before I saw it in myself. Do you think you went longer on that business oh, living out of the, you know what I mean? Like, I went do you, way too do long you think into that. think it was that fear of that mislabeling yes. that you would have yes. stopped? I probably would have, yes, you know, like cut off the bleeding years prior. Wow. What, what did it, like how, how much, would it have been I not mean, the third location? Even no, like that I would have did or, that. Okay. I would have definitely did that studio because I'm just I am such a risk taker and it's a good <laughs> and bad quality. 
Um, and so I definitely want to take that back. And that's how I met my mentor and this community of business owners and all of those things. But man, after I would say 2021, like I probably did an extra two years of unnecessary um, struggle and stress. And yeah, yeah, I feel like I sacrificed way longer than I would probably advise. But at the same time, I think I had this mentality of like, well, I'm young. I can do this now. I don't have kids. You know, my husband can live. We can live on very minimal things because I can do this right now. So I'm going to do it now to just see where it goes. Um, but and now I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily advise that. <laughs> how, how are you able to build back up that kind of identity? Because you mm. are obviously a lot of emotions just about yeah feeling all the feelings that you're feeling. How yeah. are you able to build that back up? That's a great question. Um, I think I just kept showing up and like I showed up for the person that I wanted to be and that like I knew I could be like the potential um, for that next chapter. So, I mean, I just kept showing up and putting myself out there. And um, I mean, I do a ton of personal development and growth. Like I listen to the growth day every day and I listen to podcasts and I read books and um, I do a lot of introspection. Like I think people think I'm extroverted, which I can be, but I would say I'm very introverted and like I need to digest a lot of things about myself to then like, or just things that I'm learning to then like uh, apply them. So I just kept showing up and I think building that confidence in when I decided to launch Sister Circle and seeing that grow and being something that actually people wanted and it was growing organically, that built my confidence that, hey, maybe I actually do know what I'm doing. And I was just, like I said, in the wrong business and the wrong, at the wrong time. Um, and even in real estate, like I was astounded what doing these simple things that I had done in my other business for years and years and years, like had results, like they had a, fa a positive effect. So, you know, getting my first year of real estate underneath me and I feel like I did well while I was running two other businesses <laughs> um, gave me a lot of confidence too. Well, if I can do this while while running two other businesses, what can I do when I get rid of this one? Mm -hmm. So it was just a really slow, gradual over time. I also got back in the gym doing my own workouts um, because when I had my studio, it was, I didn't have a lot of time for my own health. That was another problem that I found I was straying from that integrity of like, I am healthy, I show up for myself. Well, I just felt like I, di I didn't have the time to do that and I didn't have the energy. So this past year, I mean, I picked up running with my husband and I totally sucked at first and now I can pretty much outrun him. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. He still challenges me. But um, just like, I find a lot of confidence in the gym, like in what I can do physically. Um, so I think getting back into my workouts, weight training, running, um, that also built my confidence of like reminding me of who I am because that's how it all started. Do you, sorry, no, I know, I, know I got lots of questions. Do you still find it like a struggle with the identity or how do you keep that at bay now that you've come out on the other side, mm -hmm. like not having your identity attached to what you do? Like, because your sister circle and a lot of stuff that you're finding success in. Again, it's really easy to find your identity 
and what people like us for, what we find success in. So like, is that still a struggle now on the other side of it, doing what you're doing now? Or how do you wrestle that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think now I'm just not as attached to the business. And that's what I love about real estate. If you don't like this house, I don't care. (laughs) You're not dissing me because you don't like this house. You know, where I think it it becomes like if someone doesn't like what we're offering a service or a product, we take that personally, right? Um, We can in real estate, really, because it's not our house to sell. So I think being able to separate that and be just aware of the fact that you're not going to be for everybody. And I think that's where I'm really passionate about just building my personal brand right now because I learned that you might not do the thing you're doing now forever. So by having a personal brand, you can pivot and do a lot of different things. And guess what? We're human. We're not like we're not robots who only do one thing. So I think really being able to say, yeah, I'm a podcast host and I'm a realtor and I own businesses and I like to cook and work out and do all of these other things doesn't make me any less of a business owner. It shows that I'm multidimensional and that I'm okay nurturing and sharing my passions and my interests interests now and not just being known for one thing. Yeah. When I spent time on your website, you're it, about, you're about me. It's Stephanie is a motivator, a creator, an educator, an entrepreneur. It doesn't say the owner of Sister Circle. It does later on and it's mentioned, but that's not, that's you. Like you're the motivator, yeah. you're the creator, you're an educator, you're an entrepreneur, and you can do that in any business and any brand and anything yeah. that you go after. So I think that's really important in just knowing who you are outside of your business. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in the story that you shared. And thank you for being vulnerable to share that because there's people that like, you know, and everybody knows in their gut the decision that they need to make. And it's yeah. kind of like letting an employee go. If anybody's ever yeah. let an employee oh. go, like the worst. You you know they're probably not the right person, but you let them hang around too long and mm-hmm. you know a tough conversations ahead and you know that it's going to be out of the blue for them and it's like but you know you have to do it and I I've learned like shortening that time frame because yep. That time frame when you it's, know in your gut until you actually do it sucks. It's painful. It's painful and it yeah. sucks and I was just having a conversation yesterday with um a business owner that I look up to, very successful, has hired and fired a bunch of people. I said, does that ever get easier? Like, does it get easier to have those conversations? And is that time frame quicker? And he said it was. He said it, yeah. it, it does. As you do it with more and you flex that muscle, um, it's easier to have that. So first business, two years of maybe unnecessarily doing what you wanted or what you did, I imagine on the next businesses, the next opportunities, that time frame will be shorter and you'll you just gain so much wisdom through that experience. Totally. And it's so interesting because when I was going through all of this, you know, sometimes you have those thoughts of like, why is this happening to me? Why me? You know, and I think because I started my business so young, even the people that are my age typically are still very new to business. And here I have like over a decade of experience. So I kind of felt like I was going through something that they didn't really understand because they hadn't been in business long enough to really feel that pain or, you know, maybe all they saw so far was success. And guess what? I had the same thing the first five years. It was nothing but good, 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 good. And then you start to scale and grow and realize, wow, this is harder than I realized. Um, So I think just that piece of it, 
I now have so many people that are going through this. So even a year later, I know people are in this situation right now. You know, COVID was really hard on a lot of businesses too. And even this past year was hard on businesses. People are having to sit down and have these conversations and question, well, when is it the right time to make a hard decision or to pivot or to how long do I do I stay in this state of struggle? And being able to sit with them first and foremost and acknowledge their pain because I've been there and then say, but you know what, you're going to f- you are going to get out of this. You either will come out and do something totally different or we're going to re-envision your business in a way that makes sense to you. So I think that's really the whole lesson that I was supposed to learn was like, you're the first one in your circle that you know of people to really go through this so that you can help those people that are going to, everyone's going to go through this eventually. Yeah. Even if nothing, even if all you've seen is success, you still might not be satisfied or fulfilled in your business. So you're going to have to make hard decisions. And, and you bring up a good point because then when, where's the balance on that? Because if yeah. you look at the flip side, what what I assume you don't want people hearing is, well, this is getting tough in business. So I just kind of call it quits. Yeah. It's like, but you showed the resilience in, in pushing through. So, I mean, where where where's your advice on what when? Yeah. I guess there's no perfect answer, but like, where's your advice on when is it time to quit? And like, you can't just quit though too when it gets hard. Like you push through for a long time. It's, yeah. And I think this is where entrepreneurship has become glamorized as totally. like, you know what? Just leave your nine to five, become a business owner. It's so much better over here. It yeah. can be, yeah. but it's not immediate. And you're probably going to go through many years of struggle before you even see success. Right. So I think your everyone's resiliency muscle is different and some people can build it over time and some people are just not made for entrepreneurship and that's okay too and maybe you'll figure out a way to still be a freelance person without it being your sole income or if you have a significant other that can help you in those chapters that's okay um i just i think that we go into business ownership assuming that it's going to be great from the get-go and like it's supposed to be better but no one takes this path because it's easier everyone takes this path because it has a bigger reward at the end right of freedom maybe time freedom wealth whatever your goals are but i think we need to remember that this is a path less traveled because it's hard yeah Kind of like the people who watch HGTV and want to go flip houses. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, was love it is to do not that. like that. Trust no. me. <laughs> it's, it's like what they say: the grass, is, like oh, the grass is always green on this other side. Yeah, because it's artificial turf. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it's fake. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's not what you're seeing. And I think too, I grew up with parents that were entrepreneurs, and I saw my dad bi- literally build his business from the ground up. And it took him 10 or 15 years to really see success. Mm. And he pivoted and he, you know, tried different things. And now he has finally been able to reap those rewards after, you know, probably 20, 20 some years of really working hard. So I think it just depends on like, what is your end game? You know, like, what do you see as the potential? That's why you have to enjoy the journey along the way and embrace the hard parts. Like when I see a challenge, I am I I might, you know, kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this or this is going to be hard. But like, I think you have to see challenges as opportunities. 
if you're going to be in this for the long game and that's what I'm playing, I'm playing the long game. I'm not playing the quick fix, you know, give me the quick wins. I am like in this for the eternity of my life (laughs) to be an entrepreneur. Um, Then I think you need to really think about, you know, what is what is the result that you're looking for? Is it just, oh, I want to be successful immediately or is it something you're willing to sacrifice? Yeah, that's great. That's kind of the whole reason we started this podcast is everybody is so, because it's grabby. We want mm. quick fixes. We right, Give me the, okay, I got this problem. I'm just going to grab the pill and do it. And the, super easy, but we don't want to have to work for it. Um, and so the get rich quick model and what's yeah. preached on the internet and on social media blasted over and over and over. People say yes to that messaging because it doesn't talk about resilience or difficulties or try. Nobody wants to hear that, no but that's one. the reality. It's just, we don't want to hear the reality. Mm-hmm. We want to hear the fairy tale of, well, I want to be successful. And then somebody says, well, it's right around the corner. It's like, <laughs> but it's not right. Like it's right. right around the corner and then down the block and then a couple miles. The yeah. bank told you it's right around the corner. But with the get rich quick stuff, in my opinion, what I see is it's always, you're always on the verge of it. Always. Yeah, always. You're right. You're about to get your breakthrough. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's just always out of out of reach. But you keep running after it and you keep following these gurus because it's right there. Yeah. Like the carrot's right in front of your face, but they know that it's just a little too, oh, your breakthrough is right there. It's right around the corner. It's like, yeah. I've been around this building 18 times. <laughs> right. There's only four corners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing is people don't want to hear or talk about the middle. The middle is where it gets hard, right? We love the origin story. We love to hear about the success, but what does the actual middle of that journey look like? Because for me, like at year six, seven, eight, I was in the thick of it, right? And I think most business owners who have been in business a long time have that. They've had years of like fog where they're just going through the motions, right? Trying to get through the day. And so that's pretty normal, but we haven't really normalized that in our culture because we're like immediate gratification. We want everything now. And that's just kind of something that I think has seeped seeped deep into our culture. And that's why we're going to we're going to see coming out of, you know, the economic times that we're in, who is really in it for the long haul. You're going to figure it out. And the people that are just in it to get rich quick. Um, are going to have to go get a job because it will require them to really build their resiliency muscles and sacrifice in a way that they probably never had to ever. I mean, if you think about it, we we live in a society where like we probably don't have that much pain. Like what is actually painful? You know, and that's why I love my workouts so much. Because my workouts are what give me that like, oh, man, this is going to suck. Like, you know, doing these weights and this run. I mean, I'm going into it with the mentality that this is going to be hard, but I'm still going to do it. And I think we need to go into business ownership with that same mindset. Yeah, because we're such an avoidance culture. Mm -hmm. Avoid pain as as opposed to we know that pain and endurance, like like suffering creates endurance and it, it just teaches us so many patience, endurance, resilience, like you you can just go on and on and on. But that's like in working out, what mm-hmm. takes growth is I have to strain and push yes. for growth. We're an avoidance co- culture where I want to avoid suffering or pain or what's hard mm-hmm. instead of understanding actually the greatest times of growth is actually under suffering and yes. under pressure. Yep. Like 
sanctification of building even my own character comes under yep. great heat, like refining a metal, right? It brings the impurities to the top, but it's under great heat, but we exactly. want to avoid it. And so I think it's great what you're doing, being a leader, because there's a big difference between finding success and being a true leader, mm. because there's a lot of talented people in the world, but when we're always going to avoid things and not push through and not kind of suffer, yeah, then what it's going to be is a bunch of high talented people with yeah. low character. Totally. Because suffering brings character. It builds character. So we just have a bunch, and you see, you see it everywhere. We have a bunch of high talented people with low character. Yeah. Well, leadership is high character people. Yeah. And they usually also have talent. Some talent. <laughs> the talent, the talent, the but character matches. But really, I matches. think that they're also just the people that have been willing to uh, put themselves out there and are willing to fail. I just had a conversation about failure and how, you know, it gets like this bad rap, the word failure. And, you know, do I believe every, you know, do I believe the word failure is a thing? I don't know if you're learning from it, you know, that discussion, whatever. But when was the last time that we actually put ourselves in a situation where we could fail, like high probability of failure in front of people? And like, when do we ever do that? You know, we avoid it. Like you're saying, that's the pain. And so I think something that has really stuck with me from like my MMA years was just that that resiliency to go into something knowing it was going to be painful. Right. Going into an MMA fight, you know, you're going to probably get beat up a little bit. And there was this like desire to endure that because of the potential outcome of a win. And I think I didn't realize it at the time when I did mixed martial arts early in my 20s when I was at um, my very first studio that how much that season of my life would serve me in business Mm -hmm. because I took that mentality of being willing to get beat up, punched, kicked, all the things, and to keep going forward and to, you know, come out either with a win or lots of uh, motivation to get in there again. I can't imagine. I've always thought I enjoy watching MMA, but I remember back in the day, like getting the butterflies to go into a football game yeah. where you're just hitting people and tackling and stuff like that. <laughs> but pads. I can't imagine going one-on-one yeah. with the ring that somebody that wants to kill you. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that that's a different kind of um, adrenaline, I would imagine. Absolutely. And at the time I was doing it for a personal challenge, right? I I think that I'm someone who just like is drawn to challenges. And so I trained. Now my first fight I took, I should have trained longer. But again, I'm a risk taker. And I thought, yeah, I can do it. I can fight. I know my work ethic. So that was never going to be an issue. It was just more my skill that I needed to acquire um, and I went into that first fight and, you know, we're in an arena of probably a couple thousand people and I lost mm. and I actually got choked out mm. unconscious wow. because I didn't tap, <laughs> which you're supposed to tap. But again, I didn't want to quit. Yeah. So I was in front of, you know, all of my family, friends, people I don't even know and went completely, Dang. you know, white in the face and... Um, that was very humbling and not that I went in cocky, but I just, you know, I was confident that I could probably win. And so going through that experience, man, that lit my fire. I, I knew that I couldn't let that be my record. Right. So 
Um, I took a whole year of training then after that because mm. I was like, well, I'm really going to come in prepared. But even that whole training camp, man, I had injury after injury. I am like a walking injury because <laughs> I have hypermobile joints. So my joints give out like at any given moment, mm. um, which is not great for competing athletically, yeah. especially in mixed martial <laughs> arts. Um, so, I mean, I had sprained my both my ankles. I had dislocated both my shoulders. My knees were bad. I dropped a 25 pound weight on my foot uh, three weeks before the fight was supposed to happen. Of course, I was not supposed to fight, mm. but I was like, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. I've trained a whole year. So I went in there and I had multiple injuries and had to pretend that I didn't. So again, fake it till you make it. Um, so my opponent didn't know. And man, I had the time of my life. We went all three rounds. Um, I felt so good. I mean, I was in great shape and I won by decision, which I think was even better because mm. that was showing, you know, that I had some skill yeah. that I was getting points throughout it. But um, that whole season of my life taught me more about resiliency and grit and just like who again like getting back to like who I am at my core I am a fighter I am someone who was willing to fight for what I want and to prove not only to it's not really about proving to other people it's always been about proving to myself I also love how subtly you just drop that in mid-conversation people are gonna be watching be like and then I was an MMA fighter and got choked out. <laughs> like we're talking about sister circle and all this stuff. And you're like, and then I got choked out. And, but no, I just love it. Cause I think, I think a lot of times like people who maybe aren't in MMA are always like, oh my gosh, who, what who kind of, that? what kind of person would ever want to get punched in the face? So it's kind of funny. Like, Hey, we're, we're meeting you. But I do got to ask, yeah. like, what's it like getting choked? Like, what's the feeling? Choked like, out? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I was you like, so, anything? I mean, the adrenaline, like yeah. you're saying, is that first fight, especially your adrenaline. I mean, as soon as you I hear bet. the cage close and you're like, wow. It's <laughs> I would just run. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't even remember. Honestly, I'm sure it's painful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just a very um, kind of fun Fun fact about me, I guess, that is oh. funny to drop on people because they yeah. would never see that coming. For how long? I trained. So I had two fights. Um, I probably trained for a total of two or three years. It was almost the entirety that I was at Ironworks. Um, I was supposed to take another fight and I really wanted to do a kickboxing match because that was really my favorite was the punching and kicking love kicking, um, but I just kept getting injured. So I had to then decide like, okay, I can't do my job, which was teaching classes at the time. Can't do my job if I'm always injured. So I kind of had to pick one or the other. And you would not have been able to do, can't go and show houses with just black eyes. (laughs) Oh, I know. You get beat (laughs) up. Yeah. So, um, but one of the greatest things that I gained from that season, not only was it like my mental... Um, fortitude and resiliency, but I met my husband through that. So that first fight, he fought right after me, actually. So we were just training partners. And um, shortly after we started dating and we've been together almost, well, it's been almost 10 years. So it was just kind of- Don't mess with the Ross family. (laughs) They could could both beat me up easily. It's just, it's so weird, but like, this is what I mean by like, being able to like challenge yourself and like seek out some of that pain. I know it sounds like crazy and people think that people that want to get punched and kicked in the face are crazy, 
But I think it's just that next level of like, in what way are you pushing yourself to to fail, to get beat up and to then get back up Mm -hmm. um, and pick yourself back up. Some of the most successful people that I know were wrestlers. Yeah. That's one of the, I wouldn't say one of the biggest regrets, but it is a a regret that I do have that I did not wrestle and stick. I I did when I was younger. I could see um, you being a wrestler. <laughs> I, I get it all the time. You look like a wrestler. Like, like literally, people have come up to me and said, "Training and get some cauliflower right. ears, and then it, like people would be intimidated." Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I wish I would have because, I mean, the character building that you learn one on one against it, mm-hmm. you versus him, um, in a ring, and yep. somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose, yeah. and bringing that mentality into the business world. Business is easy then. If you can do that and you can fight somebody and stand in a ring, business is easy. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. When I was in my darkest days, I would tell myself that. Like, you got in a cage to fight someone who wanted to hurt you. You can do this. And I still tell myself that. And that's what I meant. Like, even being back at Ironworks and doing my workouts, I mean, I take myself back to my training days. And I'm like, you are stronger now than you were then, you know, at 30. And, like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone needs to find those moments of like, where where did you fall or fail and get back up? Mm-hmm. Where did you get beat up and you kept going? Yep. Like remind yourself of those moments as often as you can, because those are the coins in your confidence bank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you build your, your resiliency over time. Yeah. And I think in- intentionally putting yourself in those situations. Yeah. And that's why things like, 75 hard yeah um, like intentionally doing hard things yep um will build character and ultimately make you more for, more successful so yeah let's let's talk a little bit about sister circle just yeah. explain what you guys do what you're about yeah so we are a community of female small business owners that get together every month to learn grow and connect with each other so when I started, my sister and I actually started it together. She laughs because it was really my my vision and my idea. Um, I wanted to bring her into it because we are both growth minded. We really just had each other. We were both we both have never had a traditional corporate or nine to five job. We've only been entrepreneurs, and we felt like that was really unique that we had each other to support each other. So we wanted to give that support to other women in business. So we started it in 2021. It was actually an idea inspired by my mentor, Misty. Um, I went through her certified coach training program to coach business owners in her company. And then it really just was the catapult to realize that I loved teaching business and I wanted to do this more. And I wanted to also bring people into what I was learning through her, like the things that I was learning and implementing, I just knew that no one was gaining access to these tools, right? Mm. And how can I make them accessible? So um, it started as just pop-ups. We did workshops and events. We hosted our first Sister Circle Summit in 2021. That was, you know, 25 people. We held it at Missy's Dance Unlimited, and then that has continued to grow. So we're hosting our fourth summit this spring, um, Friday, March 22nd and same, I'll be there. Are, <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Um, you're I'm welcome entertain- to come. <laughs> I always said I'm the entertainment, but I didn't even mean it that way. So. <laughs> I did. I did not mean it like that. I just meant like Misty's and I was a dance, but anywho, yeah. back to you. Um, so same location. We've continued to grow it every year. Um, this year I'm really excited. We have some keynotes coming in from other places and, 
it's just a really great opportunity for women to learn and grow. I looked around and thought there's nothing like this here. You know, the coasts and like Arizona and Texas, all those places seem to have these really cool conferences and really awesome communities for business. And I want that to be, I want the Midwest to have that hub. And I think lacrosse can be that to bring people here to learn and grow together with our businesses and different ideas. So we started that. Um, and then it was actually last year when I had just clo- closed my studio that I had this, I don't know, call it a God calling because I don't know what else to call it, this nudge to create a membership around Sister Circle. And I think originally that was always my intention for it because I came from the fitness world. I was really familiar with membership style um, opportunities for businesses. And it didn't make any sense. Again, like it didn't make any sense because I just closed my business. Even, you know, people were like, well, why do you want to start another membership when you're kind of, you know, scaling back on this other one? And and I was trying to really get my footing in real estate. So like, do I really need to add another thing? (laughs) This seems to be an ongoing trend for me. Like, (laughs) I just really like doing multiple things. So I don't know what it was. I had this inkling. Um, Misty really nurtured it. Her sister Alana really helped me like formulate what it would look like. I went through their program called Enterprise and kind of actually built my first business plan for it because I never did that for my first business. And my goal was to launch it for January of 2023. And I wanted 15 founding members. And if I didn't get that, then I wasn't going to do it. So that was really my intention. Um, I launched it in December, a couple of weeks prior and at an event that we had. And I had only one person sign up that night. Really? One person. Yeah. And I went home kind of, you know, poor me, maybe this isn't what everyone wants, disappointed. And um, they really encouraged me to try again, put it out there, repackage it. I actually took it from, I think I had it as an annual membership down to quarterly commitments, put it back out there. And not only did we get our 15, but we got 18 to start. Um, So we started that this past year and it has continued to just grow organically month after month. So we do quarterly commitments, but pretty much everyone that joins ends up staying and rolling over. Um, They don't want to leave, which is a great problem to have. And um, it's not a problem, but we are expanding and growing now. So now I really have to think about the future of what this is going to look like. So that has been a really unique kind of, I don't know, challenge to have. Um, We're sitting at about 55 members. We have some online who and some in person even who drive an hour to come to our monthly meetings. Mm. So we have two Zoom calls a month, one in person. And it just is something that has been almost like a passion project. Um, of course, it's a it's a business. It's viable. It's becoming um, its own kind of entity in itself. It's this community. And what I love about it, it's not about me. It's not about even my sister and I being the the co-founders it's really about the people in it they are the sister circle it's not us um so it's really taken on its own like life in itself and i think it's hopefully just going to continue to grow organically and help serve the people that need it most you know i think about all the rural areas and the businesses who have nothing they don't maybe they might not even have a chamber to support them or any sort of group so if we can be that for them, that community, 
I think that's what people need more than anything. You know, resources are great. Um, love good strategy sessions, love learning new things. But at the end of the day, I think more or less people just want to do business with alongside other people that understand what they're going through. Yeah. And I'd, I'll give a testimony to a spouse of somebody who's a yeah. part of it. I mean, it is it is so awesome for Becca to go to those events and be a part of a community. And I think, I mean, it it's no secret the business industry is dominated by men, right? <laughs> yes, it, it is, is generally men that are entrepreneurs in, in roles of leadership. And um, to have a group that's led by females, for females, just just... Can, they can relate better. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, be inspired by other females. So I think it's been an awesome, awesome group that Becca's been a part of. And, well, we love um, having Becca. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that she found us. Yeah. So I think it's an awesome group. It's a testament to your resiliency. And I think just, it's kind of like us with the podcast, like we, we don't admit to know everything. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we don't do solo episodes is we bring on a guest that we want to hear their take and their mm -hmm. story. And we rely on other people and gaining wisdom from them, not from us. And yeah, we've learned some things and I can share stuff. But um, same thing with what you're doing. Like, it's not you. You're facilitating yeah. the conversation mm -hmm. amongst other people, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and facilitating things that you learn. So yeah, any any female entrepreneur should definitely check it out. Can people join from anywhere? Does it have to be local? No, that's the great thing. They can really join from anywhere. I mean, if you want to drive to the monthly meetings, absolutely. Otherwise, you can just be an online member, but you're still getting the call calls twice a month and the community because we do a lot of connection on those calls too. Yeah. Awesome. And where can f people go to find out more about you and you have your event coming up so you can plug yeah. the event? Yeah. Sister Circle Summit, uh, fourth annual event. We have some really awesome keynotes coming in. The focus is on expanding, evolving, expanding and expressing, really growing yourself alongside your business. We'll have many marketing sessions as well as um, a keynote focusing on personal branding because I do think that is a topic that is very relevant to businesses for the future. Um, it's Friday, March 22nd, held at Misty's Dance Unlimited, as well as the main on Main downtown. They can follow me. I love to connect with people. Um, Instagram is probably where I hang out the most, uh, Stephanie Lee, L-E-A Ross. Um, otherwise, you can go to my website, stephanieleeross.com. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Good, good. In case we just keep rolling this, I just want to... I don't want people to be afraid. I will not be the halftime entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We sincerely hope that you learned something today. And as always, we appreciate your support and hope that you can all find a way this week to pay it forward.